invite you to just pray with me here as we open up the service. Holy Spirit, we thank you that you're here. Lord, I, we, we come into alignment with your purposes this morning. Lord, would you give us eyes to see, ears to hear what you're saying, what you're doing, Father. Lord, hearts to perceive Lord, what you're saying in our generation, what you're saying to us. Lord, we invite you this morning. Would you come and have your way? Come and have your way in our lives. Come on, would you give him permission this morning have his way in your life. Lord, we give you permission. We're inviting you in. Lord, come and have your way. Thank you, Jesus. Now, Lord, I pray for a spirit of revelation. I pray, God, that you would unlock the seeing eye this morning. Lord, that you would grant grace. You would release the manifestation of the Holy Spirit and the gift of prophecy this morning. Lord, that hearts and minds would be awakened, that we'd be able to perceive, Lord, beyond what we normally do. God, I pray that you open our eyes to see what you're doing spiritually, Lord, in our region, in the nations, Lord, in our own lives, that we'd recognize and could come into alignment with what you're doing, oh, Lord. God, I thank you for that. Give us wisdom, Father, to take action on these things, that our lives would be transformed and the world around us would be transformed. We thank you for it, Lord. We pray these things in Jesus' mighty name. If you agreed with it, amen. Amen. <laughs> I, uh, the title of this sermon this morning is one that drives agitation in my household. And uh, when I was entitling the sermon, when I was looking at, okay, what am I talking about? And what is the, like, what would be like a summary point? And, and how, how could I write this on a piece of paper? Because my wife always has notes beforehand. And so she's sitting in the front row with a stack of notes. And, and uh, that stack of notes says, it's always snowing in God's presence. Anybody enjoy snow? The pre- you, you enjoy winter. How many, come on, boldly, I enjoy winter. Okay. And I'll put that down. Now, I want to see the opposite. How many people, you don't have to loathe or hate or, you know, use some other word that's not allowed in church, okay? You, you, but, but winter is not your fave. How many? But if, whoa, actually, it's probably like 75, 25 in here. For people that enjoy the cold, people that do not. I, it's no secret, I love winter. I love the snow. I love the, this, the uh, wonder of it all. I enjoy the cold. I don't know if it's possible for a person to enjoy the cold, but I do. I, I like jackets and warm clothes and sweaters and roaring fires. Are, are any of these someone's favorite things? I enjoy like skiing. I like outdoor sports. I want to be out. I, I like taking a hike through the woods when it's snow on the ground. Something so wonderful about that. I, I don't need to have a gun in hand to go shoot something. Like I just go out there, right? Because, because that, that, there's something in it. There's something mysterious, something magical about it. And, and this last week in my studies, I was seeking the Lord and I'm, I'm spending time in his presence and I started to have this encounter and I want to talk to you about this encounter and then we're going to take a journey through the scriptures and we're going to define what I mean by that title. It's always snowing in God's presence. 
I, I was in prayer, and I'm praying for you. I'm praying for our, our families. I, I, I spend time in the place of intercession over our church. I know what it means for a church to, to, to be taking advancement steps. For us to be pushing into kingdom things, there is resistance in the spirit. There's consequences for, for if, if you push into the things of the spirit, but then you're living a careless life, there's consequences. Like demons aren't happy about the fact that you're advancing the things in the kingdom and then you're living in sin. There's access, opportunity. I know that there's covering necessary for a family, for a church to be pressing into the things of God. You can't press into the things of God and then relinquish ground and turn around. Have you noticed how all the armor of God is on the front side? It's all up here. It's all in advancement. It's not in the back. The Lord's got your back, but so, and so do people. This thing of covering is actually necessary. And so I, I pray for us, and I'm in that place of prayer. In this place of prayer this last week, I, I, I began to see something. I was, I was looking, and, you know, as, as we do in prayer, you know, I, I close my eyes because I'm looking with my heart. And I'm looking, and I'm, I'm imagining what I see here. I, I, every week I get to stand and look at your amazing faces, you know. Some of you smile. Some of you are a little grumpier towards me. Some... Uh, you know, like today, I'm looking at purple in the room. Purple. I won't dwell there. Not that I'm disappointed, but this, when I, when I look out at your beautiful faces, this is what I picture when I'm, when I'm praying for you. And, and as I was imagining, I'm looking at this group of people, and I'm praying for you and your families, and the Lord's covering them over. I just began to see these heavy snowflakes fall, like heavy. Have you ever, you ever seen that, that kind of storm where the snowflake is like, like an inch across, like big, heavy, they're like mountain snowflakes, you know? And it, they're floating into the air, and, and I'm, I'm praying for you, and I'm seeing the snow fall, and I'm thinking, like, okay, Lord, what are you saying? You know, and, and, and I can kind of hear the, the, the Lord's, like, joy in it for me because there's a discovery that I'm about to make. And, and I'm pressing in, and I'm looking, and I'm asking the question, Lord, what are you saying to our congregation? What are you communicating to our people? What's happening in our day right now? And I hear the Holy Spirit say, the seasons are changing quicker than people are ready for. And so it's snowing so that I can cover them. And uh, that thought provoked something in my heart. I, I felt this appetite to dig deeper into it. And so I started asking more questions. And whenever I ask a question like that, whenever I have a spiritual experience, whenever, I go to the scriptures. I go to the scriptures because what the Lord has done in the past, he'll do again. The word faithful literally means what he has done, he will continue to do. Like he has done it before, he's faithful to it. So if he's taken action and he's done something in your life, you can bank on the fact that it will continue. He does not relent. He does not stop. So that work that you experienced in your life of God touching your life, that is a continual work. It's continuing on. That he's faithful. And so I'm, 
I'm thinking about this, and I go, okay, i got to go to the Word. And so I go to the Word with the idea of snow, and I'm asking myself the question, Lord, what have you done in history? What have? Because you're consistent. And so what does the prophetic meaning of snow mean? And so we're going to take a deep dive in the Scriptures. I hope you have your Bible track shoes on today. I'm going to put them all up on the screen, or the majority of them. If you have your Bible, I'm going to encourage you. We're going to do a little bit of a word study today. I'm going to walk us through basically every reference in snow in the scriptures. The different vantage points and the different prophetic pictures that God gives when it relates to this subject. There is something that I'm longing for you. I I want you to connect with the reality today that it will transform your life if you allow it to. If you allow the Holy Spirit to touch you where, uh, where, where you're feeling a little uncovered today. I feel like the Lord is going to do a work in you that's going to settle some things. Peace to your life. A ministry, a deep ministry is going to come. And so if you're willing, let's take this journey. You know, the prophets in the scriptures, they would write and try to communicate these experiences they have. And I understand the frustration with it. You try to turn into words something that you just experienced. You ever gone on a a, a trip like our family does does uh, road trips to national parks. It is impossible to use your words, and it is impossible even with the most detailed photo, video, to convey how beautiful a place like Yosemite Valley is. Impossible. It's impossible to convey what it's like to stand in a desert and watch as the sun peaks just so barely. To stand over a canyon so vast that you can't imagine its vastness. It's just too big. You can't get it all in one view. And then to watch as the sun is setting and the colors change. And you can't capture it on... Every time you encounter the Lord's presence, there's so much there that words fail to express. The preacher will never be articulate enough to convey to you the heartbeat of God. You have to encounter it yourself. But the prophets, they would use language and they would try to describe these experiences. And it's impossible. Wheels within wheels. I mean, come on, Ezekiel, what the heck are you talking about? God's throne is this complex system of wheels. Like, are you, are you imagining this? Are you imagining the temple and how the river flows from the throne, but it's getting deeper and deeper and so deep that you can't forage and you can't swim? How do you convey what he's experiencing? I mean, the Mississippi's a big river, but I don't think that's what he's talking about. There's something more there, yeah? Every time we hear a testimony, there's an invitation for encounter. There's an opportunity this morning, and so as you're listening to the prophetic language, I want your heart, don't be afraid to shut your eyes. Don't fall asleep on me. Don't be afraid to attempt to picture, to imagine. This is, we're going to start with something very unpleasant, okay, but it's no reference, and so here we go, right? It's called leprosy. (laughs) This is Exodus chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. Believe it or not, this is the first reference to snow. The Lord furthermore said to Moses, I want you to put your hand in your bosom. So take your hand. I want you to put it in through your cloak, right? And take it out. And when he took it out, his hand was leprous like snow. 
covered in white. And then the Lord said, put your hand back into your bosom again. And so he put his hand back in his bosom, and when he took it out again, behold, it was restored. It was new flesh. A little crazy party trick. Leprosy is a horrible disease that separated people from loved ones. You, had to, you were done. Your, your life in, in society was done if you got leprosy. There's no cure for it in that day. And, and the only answer is God. But the, the description of it is like snow. And the reason it's like snow is because the, again, unpleasant, but the outer skin begins to die. It turns white. It becomes leprous. This thing is of decay on the outside even though there's flesh on the inside. And so even though the hand is still functioning, it's covered in this decay. It's, it's covered with this white, like snow. Like snow covers. This is the definition of what it was like to have leprosy. Oh, by the way, this is also the picture of why the fire of God and what the fire of God does. Because it is envisioned like this, that when the fire of God or when fire touches something, it turns the outside of it to be like snow. There's some prophetic pictures today that I want you to grab that are so powerful. If you catch it, you'll see what Jesus is doing when he walks up to the lepers and has no problem touching them. You'll see why there's fire in his eyes. You'll see how the fire of God brings a transformation and a refinement at the same time it covers you. How prophetic pictures fail to give you the whole version of it. you got to grasp it with your heart. The skin is covered. This comparison is gross, but nonetheless, there you go. It's one of them, so we're taking this journey. <laughs> this is Isaiah 55. This one is awesome. God's word is compared to snow. Isaiah 55, 10. As rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return there without watering the earth and making it bear and sprout, bear fruit and sprout, furnishing seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so my word, which goes forth out of my mouth, it will not return to me empty without accomplishing what I desire, without succeeding in what I sent it for. God's word has this comparison to snow, and I want you to grab hold of this because sometimes in our lives, we go through seasons where we're holding on to a promise, but it seems like there's no ability for it to come to pass. God said something to you. You had a quiet time and he revealed something about your life and, and you, you feel the sense of destiny on it and you're like, man, Lord, I don't know how that will ever happen. I'm holding the promise to conceive a baby, but I don't have the power to make it happen myself. Right? There's odds stacked against it. I, I have cancer in my body, but you've said to me that I am to be healed and I am whole. I, I'm battling with depression, and your word says that joy is my strength, but I don't have any access, Lord. It's an impossibility. And sometimes we go through seasons where the season itself is in the opposite of what you are hoping for and where the promise is at. Has anybody ever had this happen in your life? I, I can't believe we're standing where we're standing, y'all. I can't believe we're in this building. I can't believe, if you would know, 
If you would know some of the things that we've gone through in our history and what we faced and the demise of promise, and then suddenly see the Lord bring a birthing of something that is impossible, impossible for where we were at. How about you? Has the Lord done great things in your life? Did it happen according to your timing? When the word of the Lord goes out, it is like snow or rain. It comes in season, and it will accomplish its work, but it does not happen according to your timing. And let me say, man has no authority or power to stop it from its fulfillment. If it's God, it will come to pass. If it's God... There's a seasonal aspect to this, right? Seed to the sower, bread to the eater. Seed, time, and harvest. There's always time in between when you plant the seed of the word and it coming to pass. Can you embrace the faithfulness of the Lord's promise that he'll take and he'll bring it to pass? When I look at snow, I'm reminded that there's nothing that I can do about it, so I might as well stop complaining. That wasn't really for me. That was more aimed in that direction. Right? It's, it's like the... There's my wife sitting on the front row. Sorry if you didn't catch that. There's an inevitability about it. The Lord speaks forth and it will come to pass. Be patient. Allow the seed to go through its process, its work. So many end up aborting their processes because it didn't come at the right time. I was talking to a young man yesterday. We were on the phone and and he was lamenting because he was feeling the pressure of needing to get this thing done. And it was really difficult for him because from all the outside, he had no power or control to make it come to pass. And so anxiety was in him and fear. And this was the temptation. I'll just call them. This is the young man speaking. I'm just going to call them and I'm just going to end this whole thing. I'm just going to, because the only power he had was to run away. And so I am going to run away from this opportunity instead of wait on the Lord to bring it to pass. How many things in our lives are like this, where God's in the midst of it. You have no power or control to make it come to pass, so we get filled with anxiety trying to make it happen when we really just need to sit back and rest and watch the beauty of the snowfall. His word is like snow. Job, you gotta love Job. Job 9.30. I don't know if I even put this up there. I just want to read it real quick. Job is talking about the washing of his clothes and the need for cleansing, and he's lamenting repentance in the process, and he talks about it. He goes, man, do you think I can just purify myself with the snow? There's something of a washing that takes place with snow, isn't there? You ever looked out at, did someone say no? Ha, ha, ha. Have you ever looked out at a dead woods covered with dead leaves, brown everywhere, and that first snow, what begins to take place? 
You're literally washing the world. You're watching a garment be placed on it and a cleansing happen right in front of your eyes. There's something so beautiful and magical about that. This is Psalms 51, verse 7. Psalms 51, 7. We'll put this one up there. Oh, look at that. There's some snowflakes falling. Purify me with hyssop, and I'll be clean, Lord. Wash me, and I'll be whiter than snow. We've heard this one so many times. I, I used it this morning. We're using communion. We're taking communion. Make me to hear joy and gladness. Let the bones which you have broken rejoice. Hide your face from my sin. Blot out all my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O oh God. Renew a steadfast spirit within me. Man, how many times do you, you know, I, I again, I lament when I think of my story. There's so many times in my life where I've been low, where I don't have energy, I don't have strength. I am realizing that I'm experiencing consequences because of my own choices. There's a brokenness on the inside. It might as well be a broken bone because I feel so, like, worthless. You ever been there before? Something about chronic pain that people that experience that. I don't want to embarrass you, but if you go through chronic pain, if you know what I'm talking about. See, I'm not talking about you got a bump or a bruise. It's something you cannot get away from. Like, it, it doesn't stop. It's unrelenting. That kind of experience. Wow, man, you can visit some serious valleys. Sometimes there are situations that you have no power over, and it will take you to a valley, and you don't have access to joy. You don't know what to do. Your soul, there's a, a longing in the soul. Lord, would you renew me? God, I, I know I've gone my own, ra- my own way. Maybe you've made a mistake, and, and there's a consequence, a real consequence. Maybe you made a decision in a marriage and there was adultery that happened and now the consequence is upon you and you're aching because you don't want this marriage to be destroyed. I don't know what you're going through, friend. Maybe you're watching a friendship dissolve because of choices that individuals have made. Maybe the iniquity, your willful choice is bringing destruction to something. What are you needing in that moment? You're needing the Lord to intervene You're needing, like snow, him to come and to wash you. His presence brings peace. His presence covers you. Man, if you're in a place of torment and anxiety, if you're going through depression and you don't have a way out, the antidote to that is his presence. It's his presence. To be in his presence, because as soon as you come into his presence, you begin to be covered. I'll say this many times during the sermon, but it's always snowing in the Lord's presence. He's always covering. If you come near God, you're going to get snow on you. If you come near God, the fire of his eyes is going to be burning away the stuff that is stood in the way. And your outside is going to look like leprosy. It's going to be white because of the fire is turning to ash, the stuff that stood in the way. It's an amazing experience to be covered by the Lord's mercy, isn't it? 
To come into his presence is to experience joy. How do you get to joy in his presence? Ah, that stuff that's in the way has got to get removed. It's got to get covered. Oh, Lord, isn't this the cry? Lord, would you please forgive me for my iniquity? I did dumb. Has anybody ever done dumb before? That's a powerful statement there. Lord, forgive me. I did dumb. Helps bring humility out when you say it out loud, by the way. Repentance and cleansing. This is what it looks like to get for snow to come. Washing us clean, removing guilt, covering us. Every time you see snow, I, I want in the scriptures, this is what I want you to begin to see. I want you to begin to see the blanket of snow that covers a woods. Not that he's turning you white. Not that he's trying to, but that he's covering That, that this is what happens in his presence. He begins to cover you. He, he takes from you a garment of filth. And he places upon you a garment of righteousness. He covers you like snow. Dead things disappear. See, when God speaks, it's like snow. He talks to you, and when he talks to you and he gives you a promise, he is covering you, and he's also transforming you. The fire of his eyes is burning away all that standing in the way, and you begin to be covered. Why? Because in his presence, it's always snowing. Come now, let us reason together, says Isaiah 1.18. I read it during our time in communion. Let's reason together. I like that phrase, let us reason together. Let's be logical, would you? Just for a moment. Let's stop being emotional about sin. Let's stop being emotional about getting our way. Let's, stop being, let's, let's cease the temper tantrum for a moment because you didn't get your way. Let's, let's be logical about this, okay? Come now, let us reason together says the Lord. Your sins are like scarlet. They'll be white as snow. They're like crimson, but they could be like wool. If you consent and obey, you will eat the best of the land. But if you refuse and rebel, you'll be devoured by the sword. Truly the mouth of the Lord has spoken. What a powerful, powerful passage. I, I, I like this passage because it really is an if-then statement, and there's a huge invitation, and it's like all upside. Let's be logical. Here are your options. You ready? Option A. <laughs> the Lord wants to cover you like snow, where your brokenness and your sins no longer hinder your life. Wouldn't that be nice? You got a past that keeps following you around, determining your future. You've done some stuff in the past that keeps determining what you can and can't do. If you've ever had to face prison or ever had to go to jail, if you've ever been having to pay the penalty and, and then you come out of that situation and it's on your record, it follows you around. It determines where you can and can't go. How do you, 
how, how does this not change your life? It does. Let's reason together, the Lord says. You've got a past. The Lord wants to cover you like snow. He wants it to no longer hinder your life. Isn't that nice? If you're willing to follow his leadership and his ways, he will bring forth the blessing of eternity flowing through your life. The blessing of the Garden of Eden, that eternity wants to come and flow through your life, the breath of life filling you, so that when you touch the world, it restores and heals and brings forth fruitfulness, where heaven begins to invade You're connected. That breath of life is transforming your life. You have all this positive result. Things work for you when you are walking in God's ways. Even your enemies will be at peace with you, the scripture says. The blessing of the Lord and walking in his ways, oh my, it transforms your outcomes. There's so much promise associated with this. Your garments of sin, your past, it gets washed and you're living a life that is renewing things. But how many know that when we begin to do things our way, when we go our way, that this is the same result? That when you go your way, you get what the world provides, which is brokenness and often destructive experiences. Let's be logical. Wouldn't it be better to follow the Lord? Wouldn't it be better to be covered in peace? Your heart never is in anguish again over a decision. Wouldn't that be nice? Wouldn't you like the the cancer that eats your gut and and in regret? Moms and dads who have sent your children into the world, wouldn't you give anything to have them back under your household to be able to impart and, uh, and be attentive and connective to them in ways that you regret not doing. How do you get there? Oh, there's only one way. When you come into the Lord's presence, when you live your life from the Lord's presence, when you choose to be connected to the vine, it's always snowing. Let's be logical. Anybody in here ever argue with God? He tells you to do something. I love this one. This is great. I'm going to give you a free piece of advice, okay? You didn't ask for it, but I have the microphone, so what are you going to do? You have a big decision in front of you, and let's say you make that decision, and when you make that decision, let's say the Holy Spirit spoke to you. Sometimes we know what we're supposed to do. Sometimes we don't. Sometimes we're just doing the best we can, And so you're making a decision, and let's say it changes your life. Young people, you're going to go to a college here, like at home where you live, or you're going to head out to someplace else, and you're going to go to college there. And let's say you make that decision, you apply, and you're going to go. And when you make the decision, you feel this rottenness in your inner man. A rottenness. Your stomach turns over, and it's like a dread on the inside, but you don't know what, like, that's weird. I wonder why I'm experiencing this. So often we don't connect it to the decisions we just made. I don't know why, but what that is is God's peace leaving you. 
He lifts his peace so that you'll know his ways. You were supposed to go left, and the Holy Spirit was leading you left, and he was trying to help you. And so he was prompting you, whatever, but for some reason you were like, nah, I want that. And so you chose to go a different direction. And when you did, you felt this in your stomach. The pit of your stomach turned over. Anybody know what I'm talking about? That right there, my friends, if you'll just begin to listen to that, your life will turn out better. Because that right there was the peace of God lifting off of you and giving you the opportunity to turn around, to repent, to go a different direction. So when that takes place, maybe you burn the bridge in a relationship. Forget it. I don't want to be your friend. And you're walking away from it and you go, eh, you feel it. That's because there's something necessary in that relationship. You need to go back. You make a business decision. You're going to make a whole bunch of money, but your gut went, eh. You signed the contract. You, you, the proverb says, give no sleep to your eye. Do not rest for a moment. Go to them. Go to them and seek that you can undo what has been done. No matter the cost, try to undo it. Follow the way of peace. Why? Because this is actually one of the ways that the Holy Spirit leads us. Friends, the garment that God covers us in, when he covers us, it brings, like, like I, I, my, my son and I went on a ski trip. Um, that's when he turned 18. And I, I took him, it actually might have been, no, it was 18. I, I took him to uh, Big Sky, Montana on a ski trip. Just dad and Josiah. And the drive out, it was in January, the drive out was the most horrendous. It was, it was scary, terrible, because the wind is blowing and there's drifts on the road and we don't know where we're at and we're out in the middle of nowhere, but you know, we got to make it there to have this experience. <laughs> right? The get her done in me is going, right? And, but we, we make it, we, we get there and, but it snow piling in and there we were in, now I don't know how to describe the magic of this. Okay. You, you gotta, we're, we are there in a ski town and it's on a weeknight. And so no one else is out and there's little like twinkling of lights in some of the log cabins. And Josiah and I decide to go out on the street and we're going to go walk to like a restaurant and there's like a movie theater. And, and so we're going to go have this experience together, just dad and son. And we step out onto the street and it's this hush. There's no sound. You look ahead, there's a little street lamp and the flakes, the big flakes are falling. Like wood cabins, smell of smoke in the air. And we're walking down this street together, father and son, and there is this magic in this moment that creates such connection. If you ask my son about it, he knows exactly this moment because we step out into this place and there is this, it's just dad and son connected and covered and there's peace and there's joy. It's just this memory stone that I hold and I hold it so precious because it feels a lot like when I come into the Lord's presence. I feel covered and connected and loved and like we're on an adventure together and it's just this experience and it's an invitation for all. The 
Look at Daniel 7. You guys doing okay? We do one or two more? We'll do, yeah, we'll do this one. This is great. Daniel 7. 7 verse 9. I kept looking. This is the prophet Daniel speaking. I kept looking until thrones were set up. And then the ancient of days took his seat. His vesture was white like snow. His vesture, his garments. White like snow. Hair on his head, pure like wool. His throne was ablaze with flames. Its wheels were burning with fire. There you go. A river of fire was flowing out coming out before him, and thousands upon thousands were attending him. Myriads upon myriads were standing before the throne. The court sat. The books were open. You come into the presence of the Lord, and there he is, covered in a garment like snow, his hair like snow or wool, fire raging around him, judgment but peace, intensity, the same time such love and connection Revelation 1:12 then I looked to see the voice that was speaking to me and having turned I saw seven gold lampstands in the middle and lampstands I saw one like the son of man Jesus clothed in a robe reaching to his feet girded across his chest with a golden sash his head and hair were white like wool like snow His eyes were a flame of fire. His feet are burnished with bronze. It was made to glow glow in a furnace. His voice was like the sound of many waters. Jesus, clothed in righteousness like snow. His eyes, a flame of fire. Remember what fire does? You ever seen a log, the outside of it, how it just turns to ash? But if you take that thing out and you scrape it down, it's life on the inside still. It's an amazing experience what fire does. See, it consumes At the same time, it restores. In God's presence, when you come into God's presence, there is this living, active experience. And I want you to catch this. If you didn't hear anything else, this is what it's like. In worship this morning, we came into God's presence, and we're worshiping him, and we're connected, and there's joy, and there's peace, and there's all these good things happening. If you came in here and you were carrying the burden of sin, if if there was something going on on the inside, you know that you've done dumb. You come into his presence... And man, there's a conflict that begins to happen. But it goes away about the third song. Because when you come into his presence, his fire begins to consume everything that's in the way. And at the same time, it's snowing, y'all, and he is covering you. Because in his presence, if you came in with sin, that's a goner. But when you come into his presence, he begins to remove away everything that hinders with the fire of his eyes. Just one look at his eyes. When you let the Lord look at you, brings transformation. It changes you, it covers you, and it removes and transforms. The fire of his eyes, just one gaze, you'll never be the same. Try looking back sometime and watch as you transform. In God's presence, his mercy is covering us like snow. At the same time, the intensity of his judgment is removing everything that stands in the way. Isaiah 61.10. Come on, you're almost there. I will rejoice greatly in the Lord. My soul will exalt in my God, for he has clothed me with the garments of salvation. 
He's wrapped me with the robe of righteousness. As a bridegroom decks himself with a garland, as the bride adorns herself with her jewels. You know, if you follow the Lord, he clothes you the same way that he's dressed. To be in his presence is to be covered. It's to be transformed. To come into his presence is to be changed and altered. His fire won't let you stay the same. It gives a rebirth. The dead stuff gets removed like a leper who comes to Jesus. The dead stuff gets removed and you become new. I think sometimes we argue with God because he wants us to change. But we know in our head that he's going to forgive us and so we choose to stay the same instead of letting the fire of his presence transform us. But there's an invitation, an authentic invitation, that when you come into his presence, don't hide. Don't hide anything. In your conscience, if you've got a little back room of something you just don't want to talk to God about, stop hiding that. He's not afraid of it. He already knows about it. He would like you. He would like you to come into his presence and talk about it. I, ta- I shared this last week. Don't be afraid of him. But when you come in, you need to know this, that when he talks to you, it's like snow. There is mercy and there is covering. He won't expose you. But if you will authentically talk to him about it, he will begin to burn away and to bring an end to your torment. He will begin to bring an end to the stuff you're struggling with. You don't need to come in and go, okay, now I need to change, and you leave with a three-point plan. That's not the goal. No, no, you come into his presence, and he's covering you with his mercy. At the same time, he's dealing with your junk. And all you got to do is be authentic before him. Lord, here I am. I've been really struggling with this thing. Talk to him about it. And as soon as you bring it into the light, the blood of Jesus begins to cleanse you from your unrighteousness. And the fire of his eyes, the way that he sees it, you're talking to him about it, it begins to remove it and destroy what stands in the way, the fire. When you get near him, in his presence, it's snowing and it's covering you and it's giving you a new garment. Jesus tells this parable, and he's talking about a wedding feast to come. And a king is throwing a wedding feast for his son, and he invites everybody, and there's some who reject. And so he goes to the byways and the highways. It's Matthew 22. And he says, I want you just to invite everybody. Everybody gets to come. The whole world gets the opportunity to be saved. And they gather for the wedding feast, and the king comes in, and he notices a man that is not in wedding garments. And the result is this, that the king says, Sir, why are you not in wedding garments? And they end up tossing him out of the wedding feast. And there's a little bit of fear in that. There's this conversation that goes on about, is my garment pure? Do I have areas where, have I soiled the the garment that the Lord gave me? You ever had this question? Have you ever wondered, have I gone too far? This, the devil loves this lie. Oh, you went too far, and now you cannot come back. You cannot return. You knew my grace, and you'll use scriptures like Hebrews 10 or Hebrews 6. You knew my grace, 
And once you've known it, you can't come back to repentance. And now you feel separated and isolated, and you're like, oh, no. Does anyone know this one? Come on, wave at me real quick, because I want you to see how many other people have gone through this. The lie. It's a lie. Can I tell you why a garment remains soiled? (laughs) A garment remains soiled because a person refuses to let the presence of the Lord cover it. These are the areas of your life that you refuse to have a conversation with the Lord about. These are the areas, see, because when you come into his presence, when you're authentic with your life before him, his fire will remove and his snow will cover and you will be made new. You got to actually be authentic. Don't hide. He's a father to the fatherless. I'm not be able to get everywhere I wanted to go. You didn't listen fast enough this morning. Sorry. I'm going to do one last passage, though. This is my favorite psalm. I might cry. I'm just warning you. Even just thinking about it, I begin to cry. This is Psalm 68. Let God arise and let his enemies be scattered. Let those who hate him flee before him. Smoke is driven away, so drive them away, Lord. As wax melts before the fire, let the wicked perish before God. Let the righteous be glad and exult in their God. Yes, let the righteous rejoice with gladness, sing to God, sing praises to his name. Lift up a song for he who rides through the deserts, whose name is the Lord. Exalt before him. This is the prophet David. You'll you'll catch it in a second here, his prophetic language. He is a father to the fatherless. He is a judge for the widow. God in his holy habitation. He makes a home for the lonely. He leads out the prisoners into prosperity. It's only the rebellious who dwell in a parched land. When you went forth before your people, O God, when you marched through the wilderness, the earth quaked and the heavens dropped rain in God's presence. Sinai itself quaked at the presence of God, the God of Israel. You shed abroad a plentiful rain, O God, and you confirmed your inheritance when it was parched. Your creatures settle in it. You provided in your goodness for the poor. The Lord gives the command, and the women who proclaim the good tidings are a great host. Kings of armies flee. They flee while she remains at home, divides the spoil. When you lie down amongst the sheep, your wings are like a dove covering with silver, the pinions glistening with gold. When the Almighty, when the Almighty scattered the kings there, it was snowing. I know you won't catch it unless I paint it for you. When God is in your life, it doesn't matter what comes at you. The enemy can rise up, but see, when the presence of the Lord, when you're connected to his presence, there's a holy boldness that fills you. 
His presence will cause the enemies, the work of the devil, the junk that comes at your life, will scatter before him. He drives it away. The fire of his presence consumes his enemies. He's like a father. He's like a righteous judge to a widow, to someone who doesn't have a voice and to someone who doesn't have a dad. He rises up. His presence provides. It will give voice for and protect and provide. It does everything you're needing in his presence. You'll find a home. Your loneliness is driven away when you're in his presence. His presence gives you a boldness to advance the kingdom. And even when enemies, even when something is meant for evil, even when wickedness is coming at you, the Lord will rise up and he will defeat your enemies. And in that place of victory, he's like a shepherd who covers with silver redemption. He takes the junk and he turns it into something useful. And with divine purpose and gold, he covers your life. He turns that place into a garden. And snowing there. Because he's always covering. There's joy there. Because the victory is sure. And even when evil assails you, he'll turn it around. Friends, the presence of the Lord is a refuge. And all who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. I don't know what your future holds, but I can tell you this. That if you're walking with Jesus, you're good to go. He'll lead you, he'll guide you, he'll provide for you, he'll protect you. He will rise up and defeat the enemies. He'll do, he turns wildernesses into paradises. You don't have to worry. If you're walking with the Lord, everything, everything in life begins to have purpose and resound. I, if I could have one last push with you, I would just say, my friends, Stop resisting his presence. Seek him. He won't turn away from you. He's like a father who's been waiting for a son to return. He wants to clothe you. He wants to cover you. He will not expose you. He wants to heal you, drawing you to himself, make you into a family. Is anybody alive today? A lot of heart language today. A lot of meaning. Last verse, John 14, 6. Jesus said, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. No one can come to the Father, what we just talked about, except through me. Don't hide from him. Turn to him. Just stand to your feet today. If you have never received Jesus, if you've never received what Christ has provided, then the things I'm talking about feel like pipe dreams to you. And I want to invite you today, if you would open the way, if you would hear his voice today, he's knocking on your heart, 
Behold, if you'll open that door, he'll come in and he'll have fellowship, a deep fellowship, a transforming fellowship. Would you just close your eyes with me? We're just going to pray. Father, right now in your presence, I pray that you would minister to hearts. Lord, you're covering people. You are inviting them to not be afraid to face some of these inner fears. The things that we hide from people and we don't want to talk about, we certainly don't want to talk about in church because we're afraid. Rejection, pain, being exposed. Holy Spirit, I thank you that in your presence you cover us. You don't have to be afraid. Your Father isn't going to expose you. Your Father is wanting to cover you. He's wanting to give you a garment of righteousness. All you got to do is confess it. You got to bring it to the light. You got to talk to him about it. If you'll talk to him about it, his holy fire, his gaze will begin to remove the stuff that hinders his love from transforming your life. It will turn to ash immediately in his presence. He'll touch your tongue with the coal of fire. He'll transform your heart. He'll renew your life. It's always snowing in the Lord's presence. Everything in God's presence turns like this. Even the angels, the ones that are in his presence all the time, it talks about their garments are like lightning. The Lord wants to purify your life so much with his holy fire. He wants to transform your life. You don't have any power in this one. It's out of your control. You need to let go. You need to just bring it to him and invite him in. Holy Spirit, this morning, we open our lives to you and we're inviting you in. Lord Jesus, come into our lives. Come on, would you pray that with me? Jesus, come into my life. Every aspect of my life, come, Lord Jesus. There's areas I'm afraid I don't want you to see. Areas where I feel shame, Jesus. I don't want to talk about this, but I need you to see it. I need the fire of your love to touch it. Holy Spirit of God, would you come right now? Friends, it's snowing. He's covering you. Don't be afraid. Jesus, come into my life. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. I open my life to you. Holy Spirit, would you come in? Breathe the breath of life into me. Come on, would you pray that this morning? Holy Spirit, breathe your breath of life into me. Come now, friends. Let's reason together. Is it working? Come on, is, is your effort working? Is it? Is your self-help program working? No, it's not. So stop and invite him in. He wants to partner with you. Holy Spirit of God, would you come? Holy Spirit of God, would you come? Lord, you're covering your people this morning. You're ministering to hearts this morning. I need to end the service, but the sanctuary will remain in a worshipful environment. You're welcome to stay and soak and let the Lord minister to you. But I'm going to pray and bless you and release you. But if you're experiencing God ministering to you, man, just sit down. Wait until you feel that lift off of you. He's not finished with you yet. 
wanting another dose of worship, you want to hear this again, receive ministry again, you're welcome to stay for the second service. But Lord, I bless your people today. Declare over each life that, ah, I see snow in your forecast. I see God covering you and his mercy washing you. That you'll never be the same as he clothes you in his presence. Lord, I pray for increase, the increase of your government in every life. The blessing of the Lord would flow through each one. The presence of God would be our banner, cover our homes and children. Lord, I thank you that you're covering regret and you're removing it the sting of it, Lord, and that you're bringing healing and restoration to our families and our children's children. Lord, bring increase. Let your blessing flow. Father, I bless your people today. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord's countenance and his favor be towards you. May the Lord be gracious to you. And may the Lord cover you with his shalom, his kingdom of peace. In the mighty name of Jesus and everybody who dared to agree with that said. Come on, can we give a good clap to the Lord today?